You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. We need to know that my wife and I, just a few weeks ago, uh, gave birth to our second child. And uh, as we've acclimated to this uh, new role of being uh, new parents once again, I've gone back into uh, some of the advice I sought out and some of the reading I tried to do when my first child was born. I, like probably many parents here, uh, wanted to be a thoughtful parent as I entered into parenthood. And so I solicited the advice of friends who had already uh, become parents of, of my own family and of books. And I want to share with you just uh, uh, it's related, but the best piece of advice I got was from my friend Ari. My friend Ari was a rabbi now in St. Louis. He said, you know, Mike, we always get the kids that we deserve. <laughs> and uh, as I found myself struggling from time to time with my uh, strong-willed and independent uh, and very smart daughter, uh, I uh, come to realize that this piece of advice is very, very true. Often very, very true. I came across a book when I was preparing to be a parent the first time that I reintroduced uh, myself to this time around. It's a great book that I recommend to everybody called Parenting from the Inside Out. How many of you have seen this book? Okay, so Parenting Inside Out is by uh, two uh, uh, psychologists, Daniel Siegel and uh, Mary Hartzell. Um, incredible book. The premise of the book is as follows. How you make sense of your childhood experiences has a profound effect on how you parent your own children. Research in the field of child development has demonstrated that a child's security of attachment to parents is strongly connected to their parents' understanding of their own early life experiences. Contrary to what many people believe, your early experiences don't determine your fate. If you had a difficult childhood but have come to make sense of those experiences, you are not bound to recreate the same negative interactions with your own children. Without such self-understanding, however, science has shown that history will likely repeat itself as negative patterns of family interactions are passed down through the generations. How many of you who are parents in the room have found yourself saying at one point or another, I refuse to do X, Y, or Z thing like my father or mother did? Okay, just about every parent in the room has had that thought. And now, all the people who raised your hand, how many of you have found yourself surprised to discover that the very thing that you said I am definitely not going to do because of what my parents did that I didn't like, you find yourself doing that exact same thing? Be honest and raise your hand. Okay, good, right? So, the premise of, the, of, of parenting from the inside out is that that is a likely outcome, but not an inevitable outcome. And the reason it's a likely outcome is because often we find ourselves reacting to the ways we experience some kinds of uh, traumatic or troubling 
events in our childhood, we react to them but don't fully process them. So the problem with not processing them, with understanding where we are coming from and who we are, how we got to be who we are, is that we end up playing out those same relationships in our adult life. It also, by the way, increases the likelihood that your children, who may grow up saying, I'm definitely not going to parent like my parents parented me, will also likely find themselves in a situation where they're doing precisely the thing that they said that they were going to do. Right? So, we see this play out in our Torah portion this week. The Torah portion this week deals with Jacob, who is the grandson of patriarch Abraham. And if you go back from Genesis, you see a disturbing pattern emerge of all of the patriarchs. Almost all the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, have this disturbing pattern of preferring one child over the other. And of creating traumatic experiences for the children based on those practices. And so we encounter Jacob in this week's world portion. And we get to know Jacob's family. What happens to Jacob's family? The Torah portion starts out by saying, Eilat Toldot Yaakov Yosef. Normally, when the Torah tells the genealogies of somebody, who the parents are, who their kids are, it starts out with, this is all the kids. You read all of the begats in Genesis, and Genesis is full of begats. Right? I mean, like, someone, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. Right? That's what it usually talks about. It says, this is the line of so-and-so, and these are their children. But in our Torah portion, we start out with Jacob. It says, this is the line of Jacob. And then it skips ten of Jacob's children to his son Joseph. And the commentators are confused about why it is that the text skips all of Jacob's sons and just gives the line beginning with Joseph. And if you pay attention to the story, you'll come to see exactly why the text begins with Joseph. Because much like Jacob experienced as a child, he plays out maybe a scenario that he said himself, I'm never going to do as a parent, but yet he finds himself doing precisely that thing. So he has 12 sons, but loves one of them more than anybody else. Joseph. And because of Jacob's over and above love for Joseph above all his other children, there is tremendous family pain and drama, almost resulting in Joseph's assassination by the hands of his brothers. The consolation prize, when they, could, when they decided not to kill him, was that they sold him into slavery and ripped their family apart. And so what we see is Jacob reenacting the mistakes of his parents and grandparents with his own family. And the rabbis, in case that wasn't clear in the Midrash, go a step further. And they say, Yosef, so why does the text continue just with Joseph and not the other brothers? Ella 
Shikoma to teach us that everything that happened to Jacob happened to Joseph as well. And the Midrash then goes, he gives a pretty convincing list of all the things that happened to Jacob in Jacob's life, and the precise same things happened to Joseph. Most of which, not from good. Most of which, resulting in pain and suffering on Joseph's part and on the part of his entire family. Because it's much like the very famous saying uh, uh, teaches that those who do not learn history are doomed to repeat. And that's true on an interpersonal level. Jacob very clearly never processed the trauma that occurred to him as a child and the ways in which he acted in negative ways based on those traumatic experiences. Now, in language of psychoanalysis, we call that uh, we call that coming to terms with our past, understanding our past. But the Jewish tradition has another word for it. The Jewish tradition's word for it is teshuva. Teshuva literally means turning around. Teshuva is about stopping where you are and moving your life in a completely different direction. But teshuva requires an analysis of where we've been, what we've done wrong, and according to the great rabbi Moses Maimonides, it means that when we are in the same position and next time, we know enough about ourselves, about the source of our wrongdoing, about where we've come from, that we're able to make the opposite decision the next time. And my mom calls the person who is able to do that a Baal Teshuva, a master of repentance, a master of return. And the lesson, it seems, that Jacob does not learn, causing so much suffering in his family, is that the pathway to becoming a good parent is by transforming yourself. And it's not just parenting. The pathway to becoming a good spouse is by transforming yourself. The pathway to becoming a good co-worker or employer or employee is by transforming yourself. Oftentimes, we put the agency on other people. We say, if only my kid weren't so stubborn, then I'd be a better parent. Right? If only my boss wasn't such a jerk, then I would be a better boy. Sometimes it's true. <laughs> But often, the answer to our negative encounters and experiences, the damage in our relationship lies inherently within us. We hit the children we deserve oftentimes because we haven't changed ourselves. And so we pass on the aspect of ourselves that we actually aren't particularly pleased with to the next generation. Song past the cradle is only, therefore, a partial truth. Because the parent passes on exactly his personality to the son, but we don't hear the sequel to the song, where the son almost inevitably passes it on to his child as well. Because there's been no reflection, there's been no change, there's been no shuba, there's been no return. But our parsha this week invites us to consider through Jacob's example the ways in which our children, whether we like it or not, 
end up exactly like us. The relationships we have with spouses, friends, bosses, co-workers end up manifesting exactly what we put out into them. And so the answer our tradition offers is self-analysis and transformation. How can we be a better friend, friend, spouse, co-worker, co